Welcome to Verified Rx, your prescription for success. Brought to you by the Vizian Center for Pharmacy Practice Excellence. Vizian publishes the Pharmacy Market Outlook twice a year. The Outlook features drug price projections and key market insights, helping support member strategic planning. Today, I'm joined by my Vizian colleagues from the Center for Pharmacy Practice Excellence, Jenny Hayes, Senior Clinical Manager for Pharmacy Outcomes, and Shannon Holden, Senior Clinical Manager for Ambulatory. I'm Gretchen Brummel, Pharmacy Executive Director and your program host. Welcome back to the podcast, team. Thanks, Gretchen, for having us. We're excited to be here. Yeah, thanks, Gretchen. Each version of the Outlook has enhancements and improvements. What do we have to look forward to with this iteration? This summer 2023 edition is our first one with a deep dive into the various therapeutic categories. If you recall, we focused on segments of the market for the winter 2023 edition. With these therapeutic categories, we have created those of autoimmune and inflammatory, which encompass dermatology, gastroenterology, and rheumatology, as well as a cardiometabolic section that includes diabetes, cardiology, obesity, and liver disease, a neurology section that focuses on multiple sclerosis, epilepsy, Alzheimer's, and migraine, and then a biosimilar section for all of the new and upcoming biosimilar approvals. Additionally, we have included pipeline and recent drug approval information for each therapeutic section throughout the PMO with more detailed information on those approvals. Thanks for that update. What are some of the hot topics of the pharmacy market outlook? If I had to pick one single topic, it would be the 65% decrease in the overall spending for remdesivir. As many of you are familiar, this is an agent given in the inpatient setting for the treatment of patients with COVID-19 disease. This treatment is incredibly expensive and has been a huge budget impact for our members and their organizations. Additionally, we have some focus areas in the outpatient retail space, including semaglutide, making the top 10 medications based on spend, and insulin pricing reductions based on the Inflation Reduction Act. We will also focus on high-cost gene and oncology therapy in this pharmacy market outlook. That's a monster drop in spending on remdesivir and some other important points for us to watch. The time has come. Adalibumab biosimilars are finally available in the U.S. Shannon, what can we expect with these new products? Yeah, Gretchen, the first biosimilar launched in January of this year, followed by the majority of the other approved adalimumab biosimilars launching in July. There were two major questions left unanswered from the January 2023 edition, and that was what will the pricing be and what products will be covered by payers? Looking at this, Amjavita launched with a branded and unbranded version with a 5% and a 55% less WAC offering. In July, many other biosimilars have launched with similar discounts. However, two have launched with an 85% off WAC pricing. This was a lot more than most of us were expecting. So as far as cost goes, this is great news. The other question is, what will the pharmacy benefit coverage look like? And while we've heard from a few payers that have announced that they will likely be covering one or two adalidumab biosimilars, this will continue to unfold as we get closer to the new year and payers decide on coverage for formularies. So there's still a lot in the air and a lot to look forward to in answers to questions. That is great to hear. I know our members are always excited to hear about cost savings. How will this impact spending on medications to treat autoimmune and inflammatory conditions? 
Despite Adidas Adimab finally coming to the market and offering some much needed reprieve and spend, there are so many new expensive biologics and medications entering the market, specifically in autoimmune and anti-inflammatory. This is really an important time to start utilizing the biosimilars for cost containment. Along with that, you have to consider, too, that autoimmune and inflammatory diseases are growing at a fairly significant rate in the United States. And this is across all of the specialties, rheumatology, dermatology, and gastroenterology. So in this section of the PMO, we do separate each of these and dive a little bit deeper into what's happening in each of these specialties. The two specialties to keep an eye on are dermatology and gastroenterology. With dermatology, we continue to see growth with the more recent approvals and pending approvals for medication for diseases like atopic dermatitis, psoriasis, alopecia areata, and vitiligo. In gastroenterology, we're seeing a lot of changes there as well with hopefully soon to be approved vetalizumab and infliximab sub-Q formulations. This would move the administration of these medications out of infusion centers and into the home. And then we can't forget about rheumatology either. That's going to have a lot of changes with adding the adalidumab approval. So just a lot of things going on in autoimmune right now. Our pharmacy teams are really having to get comfortable in that outpatient or ambulatory space. Can you give us some insight into the new cardiometabolic and neurology sections? In this edition, we did move to a cardiometabolic section, and this is allowing us to continue to address hot topics, not only in cardiology and diabetes, but in other areas such as weight loss, which has been huge, and up-and-coming NASH treatments. For this edition in diabetes, we briefly talk about the impact of the Inflation Reduction Act and what it's done for insulin. We talk about how it's led to suppliers announcing substantial price decreases. An example with Lantus cutting their price by 78% beginning January 2024. This will be huge for healthcare systems. When weight loss, which is The GLP-1s have been a huge topic this past year from just being all over the news to shortage issues. We discussed this as well, and specifically semaglutide, which has skyrocketed in utilization. We talk about some of the new products in this area as well with trizepatide seeking approval for weight loss. And in cardiology, we've talked in the past couple of editions of PMO about the increased utilization of SGLT2s and PCSK9s to align with guideline changes. And we're seeing that with utilization of these products. In the past, we haven't talked about NASH, but we can't forget about that either. There's a lot of drugs in development, and hopefully soon we'll see an approval for a medication for NASH. We discussed that as well. Moving over to neurology, multiple sclerosis continues to be an important focus, especially with the approval of V, which gives Ocrevus competition not only in cost, but in infusion chair time. A lot of things going on that we talk about in this edition the pharmacy market outlook. Well, I know the impact of the Inflation Reduction Act is top of mind, so that will definitely be of interest to our listeners. And we'll also be sure to link to a recent Vizient blog on the use of semaglutide in pediatric patients. Honing in on the costs, we are hearing some of these gene therapies are millions of dollars. Can you expand a little bit on some of these new therapies? Since last fall, Food and Drug Administration has approved six new gene therapies. Four of these therapies are infusions with price tags around $3 million each. These are higher costs than we've ever seen for any medication on the market. These four therapies include Zinteglo, which is also known as Betacel, Skysona, also called Elicel, Hemgenics, which is a recent approval for adults with hemophilia B, and Elevitis for Duchenne muscular dystrophy. 
These are exciting new approvals for medications where historically providers were only able to treat the symptoms of the disease. However, with recent advancements in science, we now have the ability to go in and actually correct these problems at the genetic level, hence these medications being called gene therapy. These gene therapies join other high-cost therapies currently on the market, such as CAR-T agents for certain blood cancers, as well as the trio of high-cost agents available to treat patients with spinal muscular atrophy in what we like to call ultra-specialty therapies. While these therapies have the ability to provide a cure for these particular disease states, they come at a hefty price tag that will certainly require insurance approval and considerable budgetary impacts for the health systems that provide these therapies. Our goal with the pharmacy market outlook is to provide insight into these newly approved therapies so pharmacy leaders can determine which of these patient populations may be treated at their organization and begin to plan for the multitude of considerations that come with offering ultra-specialty infusion therapies. Definitely some big price tags here to these ultra-specialty therapies, and our members will need to plan for these as I anticipate that this market is only going to continue to grow. You had mentioned CAR-T therapies for certain blood cancers. Should we expect to see continued growth in spending on oncology agents as well? Certainly. Oncology has historically been the therapeutic category leader in high-cost drugs that have been approved through the accelerated approval process. You certainly can't watch a primetime TV show without seeing ads for Keytruda, Opdivo, or Darzalex, all of which are in the top 15 agents based on Vizient pharmacy program participants' spend. Billions of dollars have been poured into cancer research organizations such as the National Cancer Institute and the American Cancer Society, and these investments are continuing to pay off for patients. CAR-T therapy is a huge expense for inpatient pharmacy areas and is purchased directly from the manufacturer. One new exciting agent is called teclistamab or Tecvali, and it was approved in October of 2022 for patients with relapsed or refractory multiple myeloma blood cancer. This agent is super exciting because it has been referred to as an off-the-shelf CAR-T therapy and potentially could be given in the outpatient infusion suite, which certainly has implications for cost and reimbursement for the organization. Teclistamab has already made the top 100 drugs based on Vizient provider spend, and it only has six months of data included in our analysis period. Turning towards the new approvals, there were 54 drug approvals between January 2022 and May 2023 for various types of cancers. 20 of these were entirely new molecular entities. Certainly, the oncology pipeline remains strong, and these new treatment options for advanced cancer diagnoses is very exciting. Yeah, I agree. It is exciting. And again, a lot of activity in this space as well. Our listeners have been patiently waiting. What is the final projection number for this edition, Jenny? Our estimated overall drug price inflation for calendar year 2024 came out at 3.42%. This is slightly lower than the inflation rate we projected in January at 3.78%, which is reflecting the slowing of overall inflation. And certainly we see this for non-pharmaceuticals right now as well. This past month, the overall national inflation rate was 4%, which is down from the record high about a year ago this time. We're getting closer to seeing a normalizing of inflation rates following the pandemic. As always, these estimated inflation rates will continue to balance drug price increases and high launch prices for these novel branded medications and ultra-specialty medications, along with cost savings opportunities that are available through generic products and biosimilar entrants to the market. 
Well, thank you for sharing that number. And it's fascinating to learn about the transition that we're seeing from the branded specialty to the ultra specialty medication market. So Shannon, how can our frontline pharmacy staff use the pharmacy market outlook in their daily work? As frontline pharmacists, it can be really hard to stay on top of all the new approvals and updates. So using the pharmacy market outlook can really help to identify what is changing within their specialty area of work and what level of importance it is. Using this information to focus education on the changes that are occurring that will impact the utilization and costs within their pharmacy or healthcare system. An example is biosimilar adalidumab, understanding how many products and what products are going to be available, what they're going to be costing, what payers are going to be covering. This is all very important to help them prepare their pharmacy for the challenges of switching thousands of patients to biosimilar adalidumab. So while we tend to think that the pharmacy market outlook is for financial leaders and leadership, this is a great tool for our frontline pharmacists to use this way. And Jimmy, where can our listeners go for more detailed information? Our listeners can visit our website at visientinc.com. Our members can log in and download the full report, as well as interact with our webpage to find additional companion documents, such as the letter to the C-suite and budgeting tools, such as the drug budget report. Non-members can visit visioninc.com and search for Pharmacy Market Outlook in the search bar and access the full report. Well, this has been great information as always. Jenny and Shannon, thank you so much for joining us today to share your thoughts and insights. It's been wonderful chatting with you. Thank you so much, Gretchen. We really enjoyed putting this edition together and can't wait for readers to get their hands on it later this month. Yeah, thank you, Gretchen. And listeners, please join us for more Verified Rx podcasts. Subscribe today, like us, and send us your comments. We'd love to hear from you. Verified Rx is your prescription for success and is brought to you by the Vizient Center for Pharmacy Practice Excellence. I'm Gretchen Brummel. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.